Hey, here we go. Thank you for joining us once again, Dominion Sonship, coming live to you. And I have a message again. Glory be to God. He's full of messages. He's always wanting to communicate with us and to us and fellowship with us and instruct us, really. Jesus is a rabbi. He is a teacher. And we can't lose sight of who he truly is. He is a rabbi. And, um, he went about teaching and, 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 and preaching and healing all around the region where the Lord led him to go into. And so the primary ministry, I believe, of the Holy Spirit is really this teaching ministry, that the words of Jesus will be brought to our remembrance, that the word will be um, made alive, that the word will be disclosed to us, and that we'll be enabled to walk out the truth of his word through the instruction and the lead of the Holy Spirit. And I truly believe when we're talking about the lead of the Spirit, it's really the instruction of the Spirit, because how would we know which way to go or how to go about it if he's not instructing us? And so his lead is really his instruction. His lead is not some sort of an emotion. It is an instruction. It is a word that's instructing us, go this way and do it this way. Do not say this, say that, instructions. And um, today's message is called Attain to Life, Attain to Life. Of course, I'm always mindful of the messages coming up to this one. And so last week was the way, the truth, and the life. And we focus there's only way to the Father, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And this way of the Lord Jesus Christ is a narrow way. It is a life where we're to forsake all and to walk out His only way only way, only truth, and the only life we want to live. So let's go to Philippians 3. We read a little bit from this chapter. I'll read a bit more here now. And um, trusting the Lord for the lead. I'm trusting the Lord for the lead. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to start from verse 1. And um, I could have titled this message, A Good Showing. I actually was before the Lord, which way to, 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 to title it. But I felt attained to life is what landed on me first. And so I stayed with that. But really a sub point will be a good showing. And it's, it's, you see it as, as I go through the verses, what I believe the Lord wants to talk to us about. Verse one, Philippians three. Finally, my brethren, Rejoice in the Lord. Amazing. The book of Philippians, it's all about rejoicing. And, and, uh, and he's speaking to us about rejoicing when he in his circumstance is down at the very bottom of the, of, of, of the pit, really the prisons, uh, down at the bottom of Rome. And, uh, in the middle of that, uh, wicked circumstance, um, in the middle of that evil moment, we could say, uh, in terms of speaking naturally, uh, Paul has a different reality. Paul has a reality of God. Paul has the reality of being the ransom one through the ransom of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the redeemed one and he is now heir and co-heir with Christ Jesus. And so this reality is what we as believers are tending to walk in. 
where we can at all times rejoice. We can always count to joy, no matter the various trials or temptations that we face on a regular basis. We can always, as Peter said, the same, count it all joy. And so here we see Paul in this manner. And I often have meditated this. Well, this to me is what faith looks like. Faith looks like a persuasion that is not of this world. Faith looks like a persuasion that is from above. It's being fully convinced my very breath, my very tissue of my makeup. There's only one reality and it's the reality of God. And it's nothing to do with the ways of the world, of what is what is reasonable, what's not reasonable, what's rational, what's not rational, what the news report tells me to do, what I shouldn't be doing as according to the word. It has nothing to do with worldly wisdom. And the unhooking from the system of the world is really the ultimate fight of faith, is laying down this old life, this old mindset of what it's supposed to be, what is the best way to do and to do life and to go about in life. The best way is to lay down your life, to not touch it with your mind and figure out your life and figure out your next moment. I'm talking to myself, talking to myself. To just trust and obey. Trust and obey. Fully entrust myself and you yourself to the lead, to the instruction of the good teacher, the rabbi Jesus, the leading of the spirit of the Lord. And so here we are in Philippians. What are we going to do with the book of Philippians? Well, all we see is rejoice. And there are just sometimes you just don't want to rejoice. There are just sometimes you just want to woe is me. But he says, rejoice in the Lord always again. I'll say rejoice in chapter 4. And there's a lot of correction in this book, by the way. There's a lot of correction. I really believe that the utmost ultimate correction is cheer up, buddy. Just cheer up. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same thing to you is not tedious. For me to say the same thing to you is not tedious, Paul was saying. And I can assure you today in my message, you're going to hear about the crucified life. You're going to hear about um, reckoning the old man dead. You're going to hear about the narrow way. But it's not tedious for me to say that. Why? Why? Because <laughs> it's the only way. The only way. It's not tedious for Paul to say these things, to write the same things to them. And in this repetition of truth, there is safety. Don't ever think you got it now. Because right at that moment, you get so, so high-minded in your mind that you got it now. Because you've been in church all your life because you've heard so many good teachers, you've heard so much. And at that moment, you've just put cruise control on and you reverted back to your old carnal mindset. You know it all. You can quote the verses. You, you know where Philippians stays in the middle of the little epistles. It's after... Ephesians, and it's before Colossians. But can you find Philippians within your heart? Can I find Philippians?
my heart. To so trust God that no matter what it looks like, I can rejoice always. Attain to life looks like this. Attain to life looks like this. He says again, for me to write the same thing to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. But for you to same, to read the same verses, the same Bible, it is safe. It ought not to be tedious to read, to pick up the word every morning. To pick up the word before you go to bed as, as your time opens up or you make time. You have to make time in this hour for the word. You open up your time for the word. Because you want Father's heart to be always open towards you. How often do we open our heart by picking up this, this, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God? God's going to fight my battles. Yes, through the sword you've picked up. Why is it not working, God? Why is it not working? We've got to check our hearts. It's not tedious for us to hear the same message over and over. But it's for our safety that Jesus alone is Lord. That I have to identify with his crucifixion so that I, through this resurrection of his, have newness of life. Not the old way, not the old mindset. This is the best way to do it. And the more we want to submit to the way of faith, by casting all care, the more position you find in your life. The more position you find in your life, the more would, many, many would walk away from you as they did with Jesus. Because this way of trusting God makes no sense. But at the end of the day, who do you want to please? At the end of the day, who do you live life before? Who is your very breath, your very essence? Who is your sustenance? Who is your deliverer? Is your carnal mind, your ability to budget, your ability to, to live a moral life? Who, who do you trust today? Because the one you trust today is the one you live life to please. Attaining to life is living life to him alone. Attaining to life is living life before him. Attaining to life is knowing it's no longer Desi. But it's a Christ man within me. The mature Christ man within me. Let's see if we can go to verse 2. Beware of dogs. Wow. It's Philippians 3 that we, we kind of uh, skip quickly through this verse. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. What? He's talking to believers. Beware of the mutilation. Beware of those that want to put a show on. Beware of those that would lead you astray into another gospel. Beware of those that want to devour the word and, and steal the confidence you have in the word that you had in the beginning. Beware. Of those that want to steal the zeal and the passion, if God says it, then that's how, if God says I'm 
If God says I'm healed, then I'm healed. If God says I have no lack, I have no lack. At some point, we have to make a decision. Who do we believe? And the way we live life, that which frustrates us, that which stresses out, that which brings forth worry, is a good identifier where you put your trust in. System of the world or the word of God. I speak to myself like this. I speak to myself like this. I want to stay accountable to the one true God. Who is God? He's not my little buddy in my little back pocket. A little genie in the... He is not. He is the inapproachable God that lives in inapproachable life. The immortal God. The living Father. That only through the blood of Christ, through a great price of the life of Jesus, have you been given access, not because you're so good, not because you've done it so well, not because you can dot your I's and cross your little T's, not because you can dress just right where your cleavage doesn't show and your skirt is just below the knees. Whatever works for you. But yet, have, have thoughts that are impure. Yes, it's important to look proper. Yes. What's your motive? Is it this outer showing? Or is it inward purity of heart? Not the adorning of the hair, but the purity of the inner man. Because we are, verse 3, we are the circumcision. We're the circumcision. We're the ones that have undergone through the cut. We are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, not in my carnal senses. Rejoice in Christ Jesus. For you are the circumcision. You are the one that's been cut off. Unto God you belong now. There has been a separation of an outer skin called the flesh. And it is ouch. But no, we don't want to undergo the sword of the spirit. We don't want to allow the word to get too close and intimate because we just want to prop our little life, pay our little bills, have somewhat of a nice car. When God looks at our heart and we are the circumcision of God who worship God in the spirit, Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. What? <laughs> have no confidence in what you can do. What do you mean, Desi? I went through school and they told me that it's good to do some things. If the Lord is not instructing you to go this way, do not go that way. Have no confidence in the flesh what you can do, how you can fend for your little life, how you can defend your little life. Don't let the flesh be your armor. Let the word of God be your armor. 
Let the word be your armor. Let God be your armor. Let him protect you. Let him preserve you. Let him show you the way. Let him sustain you. Why would you want your flesh to be your armor? Why would you want your flesh to be a confidence? Oh, it's so tough, Desi. You don't understand my moments. We all have moments we got to walk through. But Paul says rejoice. Be of good cheer. He says rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> Always. Again, I say rejoice. What are you going to do with that? What is Desi going to do with that? Have no confidence in the flesh. And then Paul says, if anyone should have confidence in the flesh, I should. That's what Paul says. If anyone has bragging rights, Paul, before God, would. But he says, no. What does he say? In verse 7, what things were gained to me, these I count lost for Christ. All that I can do in my flesh, all the good showing I can do in my flesh, counts for nothing. I count it as lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence. Do you believe this? It's not for the excellence of the house you live in, in the natural, but it's for the excellence of the house God you live in. Let there be passion for the things of God. Let there be passion for the word of God. Let there be passion for the pure things of God. Why mingle with the world? Why go by the way of the world? Where is that going to take you? What does Galatians say? That if you sow in the flesh, out of the flesh you what? Reap corruption. In Galatians 6, 7, don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh, he who trusts in his flesh, who does things in the flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. You'll reap some things, yeah, sure, but it's corruption. Is that what you want to do? Is that what you want to reap? But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And he said here earlier in Philippians 3 that we just read, verse 3, Paul said, we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. We worship God in the Spirit. We sow in the Spirit. And out of the Spirit, out of the reality that I live in, in the Spirit of God, I receive bountiful life. And therefore, he says, back to Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary. Let us keep rejoicing. Let us not grow weary while doing good. Press through the crowd. Persevere to the end. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. God is looking for godly character. God is all about a godly character being formed within you.
Not a pretense, not a good showing of the outer man, but a good showing before God. And if I have time, I believe the Lord will give me the time to, to, to show what a good showing is before God versus not. And so Paul says back to Philippians 3, he's made one decision to count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Do you believe this? We can take a little close examination today. After this message, what are we going to do? What are we going to be mindful of? Fretting, anxiety, tediousness, tired, give up. I want to quit. I don't like my moment. Well, I'm always doing the same old, same old. No one appreciates me. Disgruntled, complaining, murmuring in our minds. That's because we don't yet have the revelation to count all things as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. For just a glimpse to recognize who we live life before. Who our God is. And before not too long, we'll stand before him. Before not too long, we'll face him face to face and give an account. Did we consider him the excellence of our life? Did we sow into this knowledge of excellence of the Lord Jesus Christ? Did we care to undergo transformation? Oh, we just want the old thoughts, the old ways. So and so are doing just fine and that's how they live, very worldly. Well, you're not so and so. You're called of God. Counted all his loss. He's, he continues from there. After he talks about counting all loss for the knowledge, for the excellence of the knowledge of, of Jesus Christ, my Lord, from whom I have suffered. I have suffered. It's not a cozy little word. I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Are you found in this press? I am speaking to myself. How we found in this press to gain Christ. Why do you mean, I thought I have Christ. Yes, you do. But to walk in the full stature of him. The one that fills all in all. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness. This is what it's about. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. This means zero confidence in your flesh. This means scrap the old mind. This means I no longer believe the way I used to believe with carnality. It's a new day. A new thought. Let this be the new thought. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his sufferings. What? To lay down my life for others. 
being conformed to his death, if this is it, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. And we looked at that word attain last week. I'll just quickly take a glimpse again at it. And to attain to the resurrection from the dead and uh, Philippians 3, 11 from the Strong's Greek Concordance here is, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. That word attain is the Greek 2658, and it's kata, katantao, so the first part is kata. And it's to come down, reach, either from high land to lower, or actually to the seacoast, come back to ground zero, sea level, or from the high seas to the coast, hence met, I arrive at, reach my destination to attain to Christ, to attain to life, to attain to the resurrection from the dead, is to come down to. And as I was meditating this portion, I thought of Zacchaeus. Let's go to Luke. And what's amazing, Luke 19. Zacchaeus had to come down, did he not? Zacchaeus had to come down, did he not? Because he put himself in a high little place above the crowd up on the sycamore tree. What did Jesus say? Come down. And you know what's neat is that word also has the kata. It's, it's as the same start. Luke 19. Now look at that word as well. Let's start from verse uh, 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, even this is significant, but we're just going to focus on the coming down of Zacchaeus. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, a chief of sinners, like Paul called himself, a chief of something not right, a chief tax collector, and he was rich, and he sought to see who Jesus was. He sought to see who Jesus was. Let me go to a lofty place so I can see who Jesus is. Just the opposite direction, though, if we want to see Jesus, we have to go. He sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Aren't we all of short stature in the flesh? So he ran ahead and climbed up ahead of the crowd. I'm going to be first. I'm going to be number one. I'm going to go to the highest place. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree. That's what the chief tax collectors want to do. That's what those that don't want to forget want to do. Pride and arrogance. I'm going to collect from everyone. I'm going to hold grudges. You owe me something. I want to be number one in being self-righteous. I want to be number one position. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him 
and said to him, what did Jesus say to him? Zacchaeus, make haste, quickly come. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must stay at your house. What a glorious moment for today. I must stay at your house. The father directing him to fellowship with Zacchaeus that day. But it's going to be on the terms that Jesus communicates. Make haste and come down. The quicker you know to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, the quicker you have a moment with God, an exhortation only God can do for you. That you can be in your mind last. Let the Lord do with your life what the Lord has intended to do with your life. Don't set yourself in a little forward position to be seen by all. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And so he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. When they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to, said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone, by false accusation, I restore fourfold. This is what it sounds like to be in the presence of Jesus. I'm going to give it all away. I want to give it all away. And when you walk with one that is a lavish giver, you know you're walking in the company of the one who has met with Jesus. But the stingy one, the calculative one, still has to come down and meet with the Father through the Son. He says, anyone, I'm going to give half, half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything, and I guess the other half would be to go and, and, and pay fourfold the ones he had robbed from. And Jesus said, look at the response of Jesus. Look at the response of Jesus to the lavish giver who has encountered the mercy of God. We pray these prayers, but look at the context upon which he, God, communicates this truth to one who's come down, to one who's made haste to be found in the, in, in, in the context of the word of God. You come down. The one who wants to give all away. The one that has a joyful heart in the presence of Jesus. Jesus said to him, verse 9, Today salvation has come to this house. And you know the power of the word salvation. Look it up. Sozo. Saved. Delivered. Healed. Whole. Wholeness today has come to this house. We all want wholeness in our home. But you know, we want to hold a grudge. We want to be a tax collector. We want to stay up in our high, lifty, lofty places. We want to be seen at the head of the crowd. We have an opposite heart towards the word of God. That only God knows, no one else needs to know that. 
Jesus says today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. What a powerful pronouncement that in the company of Zacchaeus, God gives out his purpose for coming to earth. Discloses such truth that he is the savior of all. I want to be like Zacchaeus. I want to be quick to come down and to have a heart that is joyful before God. So if we look at verse 5 in, in the Strong's, when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry. That word hurry here in my new King James is um, make haste. Hurry, that word is to hasten, urge on, desire earnestly. Comes from the word speed, come quickly down. That word down is that which had a relation with the, with Philippians chapter three of attain. And it is the Greek two, five, nine, seven, kata, baino. Again, that word kata means down. And this word means I go down, I come down either from the sky or from higher land, descent. Descent. Because that word kata means down. Against, according to. And so today, what is the message? How do we attain to life? How did Zacchaeus attain to life? That word attain means to come down from your lofty place and meet with the meek and gentle Jesus. And that is the showing that he is after. A heart purely, purely submitted to him. A heart that is faithful to him alone. Let's go to the Beatitudes actually in... Um, Matthew 6. This is a good showing before God right here. When we give, when we pray, and when we fast, we'll make a good showing to God. But it's done always in the secret place. Not ahead of the congregation. Not ahead of the crowd in a high place to be seen. Verse 1 Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable gift uh, deed, when you give, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Your showing, your good showing is not to be for men to see. But it's only for God to see. Now that is godly character. To only do unto the Father. For only Him to give you the accolade. 
Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, the ones that did a public show of their good deeds. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deed or your gift, your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And we saw that with Jesus rewarding Zacchaeus openly, publicly, making announcement. Today salvation is coming to your house. For you are a son of Abraham. Verse 5, and when you pray, when you pray, do you pray? Do you give? Because when you do give, do it in the hidden place. When you pray, pray to him in your prayer moment, in your prayer closet. Yeah, of course, you publicly pray as well in a, in a corporate prayer setting. But really, the most Intimate places of prayer for me have been in my quiet chair, all by myself and God. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, you and I, you and I, when we pray, we go in our room, and when you have shut the door, shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. Do you believe He sees the inner man of your heart? Do you believe that? Because if you do, you have a heart that is right before Him. Pretend He doesn't care for. He sees beyond it. He sees your motive. He sees the integrity of your heart. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. Your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. You don't have to pray publicly so someone can hear your needs, so they can give to you your needs. No, he knows, the Father knows your needs. In this manner, therefore, pray, and then we go into the Lord's Prayer, and then in verse, and then, of course, we can't miss 14 of forgiving if you have an ought against another. And verse 16 is fasting. Do you fast? Do you fast? He says, when you fast, not for some that are called to fast, others not. No, no. The bride of Christ is to be shrunk to fit into his, his tapestry. So there'll be no tears in the body. Therefore, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, you see your reward. The reward you want is from God, not from men. 
But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And so this show before God is in the secret place, and the reward is always public by God. Let's go to Galatians again. Chapter 5, 11. Well, let's start from 7. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Galatians 5, 7. Yeah. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Beware of hypocrisy. Beware of pretense. Beware of beginning to move towards confidence in your flesh. I've done this. I've done this. I haven't done that. I've done this of all the accolades. But I haven't done all the bad things. Little leaven leavens the whole lump. Paul says, though, have confidence in you, in the Lord. Our confidence in one another is in the Lord. That you have no other mind. Don't, don't, don't change your mind. Go the wrong way. That you have no other mind. But he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. Verse 11. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, the outer show, why do I still suffer persecution? If I go with the, the, the way the Pharisees go and preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Well, because it didn't go with the way the religious sect went. He called us the way the circumcision of God in the spirit. So if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Look at verse the next, the next line in that verse. That the offense of the cross has ceased. Persecution is part of your portion in Christ. Because the cross bears an offense to the world. And so if you're right before God walk, is not persecuted, then you might want to come back to these verses and check your heart. Are you putting confidence in your outer man? Are you complying with the ways of the world? Are you submitting to this is how we do it? This is how we go to church. This is what we do when we all come together. And yes, Yes, there are certain things. Yes, we keep doing because before God, they're right. But always be mindful you are before God. Always be mindful your heart stands before God. It says, if I, that which the message I preach is not being persecuted, then the offense of the cross has ceased. What a reality. What a persuasion. He didn't shy away from persecution. Verse 12. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. 
For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, to flesh out, to have all the comforts you want to have, to not suffer persecution for Christ's sake, to just get along, because everyone seems to want to get along. In the wrong way. Do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. Let's go to chapter 6, verse 11. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hands, Paul says. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh. These would compel you to be circumcised. These would compel you to do the outer act of compliance. Be circumcised. That's what the Pharisees tell us. You got to be circumcised. To be part of this grouping, to go to this synagogue, you got to be circumcised. So those that desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised. Only that... Only, this is their purpose, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Judge your heart with this word. Stand up in the liberty for which he has set you free. But this liberty is not for you to be confident in your flesh. But to live life separate unto God. For not even those who are circumcised, not even those that put this external appearance of compliance, for not even those who are circumcised keep the law. <laughs> but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor circumcision avails anything but a new creation. You are born again. You are the circumcision of Christ. You are set apart for God. And this is how we attain to life, by laying down our lives, by counting what does Paul say in Philippians 3 again? Oh, but all these things were gained to me. What things were, sorry, were gained to me? These I've counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for all things and count as rubbish that I may gain Christ and to be found in his righteousness alone. No confidence in the flesh. I'll finish with 10 and 11 again. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means, if by any means, all my messages are in this vein. I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, to live a life that is above, to live a life where I will rejoice always, 
to live a life where I give thanks to God always, to live a life where all I know is the peace of God and the rest of God. This is the life of resurrection that we have been given access to. And so today we're found in the press, we're found in the good fight of faith and attaining unto life. Glory be to God. We are done again. Yay.